Have you ever decided you want to do something, you get in the car and it's out of gas? Have you, have you ever looked at something, made some plans, and then called other people and they weren't available? They were gone. They were busy. And, and we've been spending a lot of time looking at plans and process and reality. And, and if you've got the, the, the uh, slide up of what a plan looks like, this, this, this is how I like to plan things. Nice and simple. But then we have reality, and reality looks a little different. Anybody ever experienced reality like this? Have you ever said, but I thought this was going to happen. I thought that was going to happen. And when I look at that, when I see this, what I call this myself is I just call this the process. And I like to make plans that are straight, but I realize that usually about three minutes later, they've changed. I used to be a project manager in construction, and it was funny, I'd get a phone call from the job site to make plans for the next day. So I'd call them and I'd make arrangements with a trucking company, a crane, I'd arrange crews, I'd arrange delivery, and that was like at 10 o'clock in the morning. At noon, I'd get a phone call and it was delayed. So then I'd cancel it. And then at about 2.30, I'd get another call. You know what? Things worked out and we're ready for you. Can you come? And it's like, well, gee, I just canceled everything. I just changed. And sometimes life does not happen the way you or I plan it. In fact, <laughs> quite often, I would say just about all the time, life is different than the way we plan it. So this morning I want to continue, I want to, this may be the last, I'm not sure, but it may be the last sermon on the process, and I want to talk about wisdom in the process. Anybody here want wisdom? Anybody here not want wisdom? It says in James that if any of you lacks wisdom, to ask God and he gives it to you liberally. So, I personally, I've been doing that lately. Now, I've been, been saved just about my whole life. I grew up in a Christian family. I memorized verses from a young age. I was in a Christian school, and we did a lot of Scripture memory. So, I know a lot of Scripture. I've memorized it. I've memorized it out of school. I've put my life into it. I'm pastoring. So, I've been involved in the Scriptures and, and living a life as a follower of Christ most of my life. And I practice these things, but I've put a little bit more attention to it lately. And I've woken up in the morning, and I've just said, God, give me wisdom today. I've taken other scriptures, and I proclaim them. There's one scripture that I've, I've looked at from Deuteronomy. It says, God gives you the power to create wealth. I like that verse. So you know what I've tried to do? I've tried to do things that create wealth because he says he's given me the power and the ability to create wealth. So I've looked at things as to how this can work and what can happen in order to create wealth. And what I've found is sometimes you can work hard, but sometimes you can work smart. And I found with the Holy Spirit, he has nothing against working hard, but he is really smart. And when you work smart and you combine that with working hard, the result is amazing. So I've been practicing and looking at, at wisdom. One of my favorite books of the Bible is the book of Proverbs. I love the Proverbs. Because as a teenager, I would read the Proverbs and I would see wisdom in the Proverbs that is just, it's amazing. There's wisdom in the Proverbs. If, if you want to get smart, read a proverb a day. There's 31 of them. So half of the months of the year, you'll read every, every chapter. And the other half of the year, you'll read 30 chapters. And in February, you can read a couple more. But if you spent 10 minutes a day, you could read a proverb and you could think about it. So I did that as a teenager. 
And this morning, the passage that I want to share with you is out of Proverbs chapter 3. It's probably one of the, um, I have many favorite verses, but this passage to me is one that I have memorized and I've studied and I've spent time in. And I want to share it with you because in the process, sometimes in the process, we can eliminate God and we start trying to figure out on our own. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't eliminate God from the equation. In fact, put him in the equation and rely on what God has to say. So I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, and I'm going to read 10 verses this morning, and then I'm going to give you about five or six thoughts from those verses on how you can develop wisdom in the process. Because, quite frankly, it's not me, but it's you that has to do it. I can't make you successful. In fact, God can't make you successful. He's given you the tools to be successful. And when you do what His Word says, I see it happening. So, Proverbs chapter 3. My son... Do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For lengths of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I love God's Word. Sometimes I think we struggle and we say, I can't do the whole Bible. Well, here's just 10 verses. Just, just work on the 10 verses and see what happens. Sometimes we, we make excuses because we're lazy. Huh? Well, I can't do what the Word of God says, so I, I, you know, it's just, man, you know, there's 66 Bibles, you know, there's this many chapters, you know, there's, this, I can't, I can't do them all. Then just do one. Just do one and see what happens. I am a believer that just doing one command of God will improve your life. I'm a believer in that. I've seen people come to me with, with five or six issues and questions and and it's and it's almost overwhelming because there's so much in front of you and what i have found was sometimes we want to fix the last item oh i just want to be happy today and we want to fix that but in reality to be happy what we need to fix is how does my schedule look? And it's amazing because we, we often see the symptoms or the results of certain things, and we want to change that, but those are the results of behavior or a root issue. And if you can take a few moments, and if you can distance yourself from that, and instead of looking at the result, look at something as what is happening in the original or the behavior or the root, and you take a few minutes and you work on that, what you find out is the behavior or the result starts to change. And, I, and I've seen it. I've done it myself, and I will put a Band-Aid on something instead of working with my attitude. If my attitude changes, all of a sudden, that result changes. But I don't want to change my attitude. I just want to change the way they respond to me. Have you ever noticed that? 
I go to work and they're not happy with me and they, nobody wants to do what I say. So what I'm going to do, hey, I've learned that if I just yell a little louder and if I stomp my feet and if I point my finger, they're going to do what I say. Instead of if I change my attitude. And maybe I take a moment to talk with God before. And all of a sudden, my attitude changes, and I'm not grumpy, or I'm not this, or and all of a sudden, those things start to change. And I've found if you can get to the root, and if you can spend time at the root, the fruit will change. But too many times, we want to change the fruit, but we won't want to touch the root. And when you touch the root, sometimes your fingers get dirty, Sometimes it gets muddy. Sometimes there's weeds around there and you've got to clean them up. But if you take the time there, you will change the fruit at the end. And so this morning, I'm going to give you, from that passage in Proverbs 3, five things that will affect you in a phenomenal way. The first thing I want you to see, if you take the first couple Verses, do not forget my teaching. Now this is, in the picture of this so proverb, it's like a father talking to a child, talking to his son or his daughter. So I would like to take that thought process as a pastoral uh, person and as a pastor this morning, I'd like to talk to you as a father, and I want to give you some instructions this morning. Do not forget what you've been taught. Paul says, you have not learned Christ this way. What have you been taught? Don't forget. Solid Rock has been very strong in teaching. Pastor Nelson, Pastor Sean, uh, Pastor Sean, you did a phenomenal job a few weeks ago talking about Jonah. If you didn't get that sermon, you need to listen to it. It was phenomenal. It was great. I really enjoyed it. I've, I've, haven't thought of Jonah in that way. Pastor Nelson, if you sit under Pastor Nelson, you will hear years of experience. He will send me text messages during the week. Look at this verse. And he's all excited about it, and I'm busy. And then he'll call me and say, did you see what I sent you? So I've learned, I have to read what he sends me, because about 20 minutes later, I get a phone call. Did you see what I sent you? And he's all excited, because he's never stopped learning. And his passion is, his passion is to hear what God has to say. And I have learned myself that we often define our relationship with God instead of letting God define His relationship with us. I've seen people hurt and offended who have left the church, and quite frankly, I don't believe that's what God wanted to be done. But they have taken verses and they've explained them and they've rationalized them and they've made them fit into what they think. I've also seen people hurt and offended who have come and they've dealt with that hurt and they've dealt with that offense. They've received instruction and you know what? They've stayed in the church and I've seen them grow and I've seen them expand and I've seen them become fruitful. And I'll be honest with you, I love to see somebody who's been hurt, who has stuck with what God has to say and hasn't interpreted it themselves, but says, no, this is what God's word says and I will do it. I do not define my relationship with God. His Word defines my relation. There are things I've had to change because the Word of God says, you can't do that, David. I sometimes would like to tell people what I think, which is code for, can I be righteously anger, angry and get forgiveness later? 
and I've been ready to. And, and sometimes I will talk to my wife or I'll talk to Pastor Daniel, who helps me a lot. Uh, I will talk to Pastor Nelson, and I'll just I'll express a little bit of frustration, and they'll give me some thoughts. They might even hold me accountable. And you know what I've done? I have saved myself a lot of grief because I've held myself accountable to the Word of God instead of making it define how I want to define it. A husband and wife relationship is defined in the Word of God. I love my wife as Christ loved the church. Men, that was a good place for an amen. I'll say it again because I'm sure your wives will want to hear it. Husbands and wives' relationships are defined in the Word of God. And as a husband, I will love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Oh. Guys, you're not in the doghouse this afternoon. I just saved you grief. It also talks about how a wife is to honor and love her husband. It, it goes both ways. And what I have found is when I do my part, my wife often will do her part without me even asking her. In fact, when I ask her, it usually doesn't work out too well. But that's a side issue. Wow. I'm going to move on. Do not forget the teaching. I, I want you to see something here. This, as a father, he's talking to his son, he's talking to his daughter, and he says, Do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. Why? If you want a longer day, that's what happens. When you do what the Word of God says, when you listen even to your parents, you will have a longer day. I personally believe you will get more done in your eight-hour work shift when you are honoring God than in your not. But, I mean, call me crazy, call me ridiculous, call me radical, but when I read the Word of God, I expect that I will do more in my day than somebody else who doesn't honor God. You either take the Word of God and believe it, or you don't. And I'd rather believe that than some crazy philosophical idea that empowers man, but actually entraps him. So, if I was to give you a thought here, my thought is that you determine the quality of your life. From verse 1 and 2. You determine the quality of your life. Because it says, forget not my teaching and commit my commands, and then you're going to have long life, long days, and you're going to have years of life. You're going to live longer, you're going to have a great day, and you're going to have peace. You get those three benefits from not forgetting what God's Word says, forgetting the teaching. And I would even suggest to you when you don't forget the teaching of those who are over you. Because this is a father talking to his son. Okay? Practically speaking, this is not just God and the Holy Spirit. This, Practically speaking, this is a wise father talking to his son, or his daughter, his children, and saying, don't forget what I've taught you. Do what I've told you and showed you because then you're going to have long days have you ever had a day where you wish you had an extra hour? Some days, I know, some days I wish they were shorter. But I personally believe that you will be more productive and you'll live longer and you'll have peace if you do what Proverbs 3 verses 1 and 2 say. And this is not something you figure out in 30 days. This is something you realize in your life. This is not, I, 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 want, I, I once met somebody and they say, well, I gave to God and two weeks later nothing changed. And I'm thinking, I've been doing it my whole life. There are some seeds I've planted that I'm still waiting to grow. You determine the quality of your life. And I say you, not God. God has already established what will happen. It is up to you to determine if you will do that. 
God has already said, this will happen. And he says, if you do this, expect that. Amen? Don't ask God to do for you what he tells you to do for yourself. Don't ask God to bless you and, and, and give you a good day and then you disregard what your boss tells you and you disregard what this person says. No. Listen to them. Listen to your parents. Listen to those over you. Uh, hear their teaching. Don't forget it. Do it. And you'll see length of days, long life, and peace. That's just verse 1 and 2. I'm going to show you a couple other things. He says, don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the table of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Verse 3 and 4. Favor and success are related to love and faithfulness. I know people who want favor but they will not show love. And when I say love, that's mercy, truth, and kindness. All, those words are unchangeable. But if you want to see favor, start showing someone kindness. It says that. It says, don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Have them as a necklace. Have them around you all the time. And write them on the table of your heart, so then you will find favor and good success. Who wants favor and success? He tells you right here. I'm trying to make this simple. I'm not trying to give you ten steps this way and six steps that way. I'm trying to make it simple. God has a way of showing in the word of God. If you want to have favor and success, start showing kindness to somebody. There's another proverb that says a soft answer turns away wrath. I've had people angry at me that I've talked softly to, and not only has it turned away their anger, but it has given me favor. And I've had people who've talked angry at me who I've responded in kind, and I didn't see the favor. In fact, sometimes they made it more difficult. Have you ever experienced that? Well, I'm just going to give them a lump of their own medicine. And then you find out the next day you're not getting any answers. You're not getting any responses. You're not getting any favor. And they're a non-believer, so they don't play by the same rules. Sometimes they're even believers, and they don't play by the same rules. If you want to see favor and success, take mercy and truth kindness and put them around your neck, write them on the table of your heart. Favor and success are related to love and faithfulness. And what I find interesting, it says you're going to find this in God's eyes and in man's eyes. So you're going to get the benefit vertically, but you're also going to get it horizontally. I don't know about you, but I like having favor with people. Can I just be honest with you? I, I like when things go well. Call me crazy, but I'd rather have things go well than things go sour. And if you like to have things go sour, I would suggest you read Proverbs chapter 3, and you can change that, and things can start to go well. As simple as tomorrow morning when you go to work and your boss dumps on you because he had a rough weekend. You have the opportunity to turn that into favor. Well, he has no right to talk to me like that. Well, that might be true. But he did. So quit complaining about that and start doing something with how you're going to respond. I can't control sometimes how they're going to speak to me, but I can control how I will respond. And I'm going to respond in truth and in love and in kindness. 
And Pastor Nelson shared a story many times when he was a young apprentice working in a plumbing job, and he had one boss, one foreman, or one guy that was over him, and he was told to go work for this guy, and nobody else wanted to work for that guy because that guy was just mean. And back in those days, the political correctness and the attitude in the workplace was not the same as it is today. So sometimes it was just downright nasty. Whether it was communication or whether it was just doing the dirty jobs or whether it was respecting. And nobody wanted to work with that guy or they got fired or he got rid of them. And Pastor Nelson said, that's not going to happen to me. And he went underneath that guy and he learned the trade. And it turned out that whenever something happened and that guy needed somebody, he would say, give me Nelson. Why? Because he practiced this. He had favor with the guy that maybe nobody else did. It didn't mean sometimes the job went better or smoother. But he learned, and God gave him favor in his guy, that guy's eyes, and in God's eyes. Who here wants favor? Who here wants success? Proverbs 3, verse 3 and 4. I want to give you another thing. Here's a thought. Getting out of your own way is the best way to make your way straight. Getting out of your own way is the best way to make your way straight. I have poured a lot of energy and time and thought and sweat and blood and tears into this thought and into this plan and into this, and I have started, and, and all of a sudden, God's out of the picture. God's out of the picture. And I'm here to tell you that if you want to have a straight path and the straight way, it goes counter to what people will tell you. Get out of the way and let God show you the way. It says in, in verses 5 and 6, in verse 5 it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How much of your heart does God want you to trust Him with? Man. I just love how he doesn't give me wiggle room. You know, give me 75% of your heart. And one week I kept 25% of this, and the next week was 25%. And it, it becomes very subjective. No, he says, just trust him with all your heart. Trust him with all your heart. Last time I checked the definition of all, it meant all. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Huh. I believe God can give you supernatural wisdom that other people can't figure out an issue and a problem, and you talk with him and you say, Lord, I need your wisdom. And all of a sudden, he can come and give you something that nobody else gets. I believe you have wisdom inside of each one of you that your coworker doesn't have unless he's a believer. I believe that. I believe each one of you should be the smartest person in your department. I believe you should be the most effective, most productive, most efficient because you have Holy Spirit living inside of you who is ultra smart. And if I take a, f a moment, just a few moments, and I acknowledge him, and I put him in there in the discussion, he says, great, David, now get out of the way, and I'm going to direct your steps, and it's going to be straight. Can you imagine solving a problem just by going, let's try this, let's do this, let's do that, let's do that, and they're and they look at you and go, where did you come up with that? And you go, I don't know. And what's fun about it is you really don't know. They look at you and go, you have no skill in that. And you go, I know. I don't have skill in that. And what makes it great is you can't glorify yourself because it's like everybody knows I'm not the brains here. Everybody knows, I, I, but God gets the glory because he makes your path straight. Get out of your own way, and that's the best way to make your path straight. I want to read that verse out of the Passion Translation. 
It says, trust in the Lord completely and not your own opinions. But with all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in all the decisions you make. And listen to this. This is how they put verse 6. Become intimate with him. Intimacy is not a one-time thing. Intimacy is a commitment and a relationship. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he'll lead you wherever you go. Who here wants to be led by God in a straight path? I believe the Word of God tells you how to do it. Wisdom in the process. When things aren't going the way you'd like, they're not going the way you expect, they're not going the way you've planned, start talking to Him. Bring it to Him and ask Him Become intimate with him. Intimacy happens over a length of time. Develop a time that you spend with God. If you're driving to work, take a couple minutes and speak in tongues on the way to work. If you don't speak in tongues, that's fine. Take some time and pray. And commit your day to God. And take five minutes. If it's a 10-minute ride, take five minutes and just say, God, I already feel the stress of today. I know I got to deal with this. I know. Can you just be here with me and, and help me? I, I, I want to discipline my mind and my hearing to hear you today. So would you speak to me? And, and I, I, and I want to give you the glory, but I want you to kind of take the wheel. Amen? I'm giving you wisdom in the process. I don't know about you, but God's wisdom sure beats man's ideas. I <laughs> man's idea. Man. I'm going to take an editorial detour right now. We live in a society that doesn't know their right hand from their left hand. We live in a society that looks at negative and evil and calls it good. And by the way, the Bible says that's going to happen. Don't freak out about it. I'm not freaked out about it. I just look at the Word of God and I say, your Word is becoming just playing right out in front of me. I don't worry about it. I don't stress. I don't panic because His Word is happening right in front of me. But we live in a world that doesn't know which next step to take. People who are wise and smart supposedly are making decisions that don't make any sense. They've thrown common sense out the window. And you know what? It's going to keep on going like that. And as it goes like that, I want to encourage you to combat it with the wisdom of God. And make a difference in your workplace. Make a difference in your family. Make a difference in your school. Make a difference with the co-workers. Make a difference wherever you are. Wisdom. The fourth thing I want you to see is fearing God is a healthy and refreshing choice. Fearing God is a healthy and refreshing choice. It says in, in verse 7, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Sometimes the decisions we make actually impact our bodies. Now, Pastor Winona battled cancer. And I don't believe that was a, something from God. That there's some aspects that our bodies decay. There's things in our bodies just, just by natural. But I don't blame those things on God. But I still trust His Word and my attitude and my heart is that I will honor him, trust him, believe in him. And I will depart from evil. This here again is where many believers 
want to interpret the scriptures themselves and say, well, no, I'm a believer, but I can do whatever I want. I'll be honest with you. I'm a believer, and I don't do whatever I want. I have freedom to do whatever I want, but it also says my freedom constrains me because there's others that struggle. And I find it amazing because a believer's freedom is not a freedom for me. My freedom is for you. My freedom is to help you out. And I, I went to Bible school with people, and they legitimized whatever they wanted to do because I'm free. And I think we've taken these words and we've twisted them. And, and, and my, the Word of God, when I read the Word of God, the standard in the Word of God, I will, I will change my behavior if God's Word tells me and dictates it because I am free because I want someone else to be strengthened. I don't speak. When my kids were smaller, we were careful what we said. We're still careful. doesn't change. You want to, I, I know what's being said in your house by what your ch- kids say. I've had kids who called me by my first name when I was a pastor. I've had kids who call me Pastor David. You know what? I know what's being said in that house. I'll, I'll just be f- honest with you. Fear God. Turn away from evil. Your health and your bones will appreciate that. And the last thing I want you to see is in verse 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruits of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And what I want you to see here is your hands contain your increase. Your hands contain your more. Your hands contain your overflow. And sometimes we're asking God to overflow, and he says, no, I've already showed you how to have more. I've shown you how to increase. And this doesn't only deal with money. Money is involved. But it also deals with material and possessions. Wealth is not just financial. Wealth is, is there's a peace, there's a rest. I believe God wants every believer to be wealthy because he tells you how to do it right there. And that word honor actually means there's an aspect of that honor, the Lord, with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Part of that word actually means weight. Honor, weight. Glorify God. Make him heavy. If you're to look at a balance and you say, this is what I spend my time and my energy on this, this is where I spend my time and energy on God, make that side the heavy side. Make that side where the scale dips down because you know what? I honor God and I glorify him and I make him heavy. And I honor him with everything I have with all my substance, not only in my giving, but in my house, in my time, in my attitude. Right now we see all this stuff happening with the hurricanes down in the States, and it's just crazy, but I've seen churches that have said, no, we're going to honor, and they've filled truck loads. And they had one picture of a teenage boy who came, who brought a, buck, a, a skid of water because that's all he could afford. And I looked at that and I thought, you know what, he's honoring God with his substance. Honor God with your substance, with your wealth. Don't be like a fisherman who will never tell somebody where he catches the fish. Huh? I've been fishing with guys, and they come back with a boatload of fish, and, and I'm not a good fisherman. So I just ask for pointers. They will not tell me where it was. Don't be like that. It's okay. Now, I, there's wisdom. There's wisdom in that. But if you're helping out your believing friend and a brother and a sister, don't don't, it says in the Bible, when you've got the ability to do good, don't withhold that. 
And what I see in that is your hand determines your increase. Your hand determines your increase. There's a story, a little example I learned in Sunday school of a monkey. And there was some candy in a little jar, and he put its hand in, its jar, in the jar, and then it went like this, and it could never get the jar off its hand, and it never got what was in the jar. And the moral was, don't put your hand in the jar. And this may be a monkey. Maybe it was even a child. But sometimes they act like monkeys. But don't put your hand in the jar to grab everything you can. Put your hand in the jar, take it out, turn the jar over, get what's in the jar, and start giving it away. Your hand contains wealth. Your hand contains increase. Honor the Lord your God. Make Him large. Glorify Him with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. I, I, I want to honor my daughter Vanessa. Her garden this year was amazing. And we would talk to her, and, and me being who I am, you know, Vanessa, you could sell that stuff. There's more corn than we can eat. There's more. And she'd look at me and she'd say, Dad, I just want to give it away. <laughs> and I told her, well, maybe next year we'll uh, put up a stand. And she says, Dad, I just enjoy giving it away. When you have an attitude like that, you open yourself up for increase. And I've seen people, I know people, I am people who want increase. And the moment I get a blessing, what do I do? I want to challenge you. Because this is wisdom in the process and their increase. And I'm not just talking about financial increase. If you want to grow in something, don't hold on to it so tight that nobody gets it and in fact you squish it. But instead, oh, have your hands like this. God blesses and what's amazing about it is he says your barns will be filled with plenty. No, no, I'm trying to fill my barns. And he says, don't try to fill your barns. Just honor me with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Then your barns are going to be filled with plenty. More than enough. And this is again where I think we've got the cart, the horse before the cart, or the cart before the horse, and we got it all mixed up, and we say, I want more. I want more. And he says, open your hand. And you say, no, I can't let that go because I want more. And in the kingdom of God, I find so many times it's a shift. It's almost opposite at times. I'm not after your money. I'm after your heart. God's after your heart. When he's got your heart, He's got your time. He's got your energy. He's got your pocketbook. He's got your ideas. He's got your heart. He's got everything about you. My desire is to see each one of you excel. I can't tell you how many times I pray for you that you would excel, that you would increase, that you'd have more. I get sick and tired of seeing believers scraping the bottom and just dealing with the minimum. That's not the God I serve. The God I serve is a God who says, when, when I as a believer live a life like this, he's a God who says, he can take this. Yeah, it affects money, but it affects more than that. It's a heart change. And if I can be honest with you, I'd rather have plenty than not. 
I've got to be honest with you. If you say, David, would you like to worry about where your next paycheck comes from? I'd say, I'd rather say no than yeah. God's not against that. He says, here's the way to it. And it may not come through financially. It may come through other blessings. But your barn will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow or burst with wine. Wine being a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Wine being rejoicing. Wine being a desire that you want. Wisdom in the process. Mm. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you a couple what-if questions. Because sometimes our what-ifs are we won't do it because what if the bad happens. But what if we pursued knowing what he thought about the situation. What if we actually said, God, what do you see here? We often don't do things because what if it rains tomorrow? I don't want to plant anything because what if it rains tomorrow? Well, what if it doesn't? What if we disciplined ourselves to add a filter between what we see <laughs> and what we speak? That filter, I mean this. What if in my relationship with my wife, what if in my relationship with my kids, what if in my relationship with the boss at work, I add the filter of wisdom in the process that when he says something to me, what if I take a moment and let it go through the process, the filter, the Holy Spirit, and then I respond. I would suggest to you that's wisdom with a capital W. What if, what if the words that I just shared with you are truth? And I say what if, I know they are. But there's some of you that might be going, yeah, but I can't let go of this. What if you did? Wisdom in the process. Can you stand with me? I'm going to close the service. And I'm just going to ask Holy Spirit to touch each one of you. Because I have learned... If it's not him, it's not really worth the effort. So if you say, you know what, I, I, could, I could get a little better. I can, I can you know, I'm, I'm not doing bad, but I could, I could do better. Just, just open your hands to receive. You know what, I need to, I do this kind of like two days a week. Try to up it to four or five. Try to up it to every morning. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit right now just to quicken you. Just fall right now, Holy Spirit. Oh, I love your presence. Right, I ask for your supernatural X factor to hit each person here, decisions that are being made, that we would take a moment and say, what if I allow the Holy Spirit in? Lord, I'm, I'm going to ask you, God, to arrest our thinking 
and to interrupt my morning. So I actually will take a moment and just invite you into my circumstances. Because I've done a pretty poor job of doing it myself. Just stay in this attitude of reverence. He's pouring it out on you right now. Just take a few moments to receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, just pour out on us now in your precious name. Everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. I want to take a couple minutes and we just want to pray over Pastor Nelson and Pastor Louise. They're going to be gone for five or six weeks, um, taking a few a trip to Saskatchewan to visit family holiday, but then when they return, they're going to be doing a number of ministry trips in the interior with a number of churches that are just calling out for relationship, calling out for love. So, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Louise, if you could just come here. And we're just, everybody, just come around. We're just going to pray over them. Everyone is invited. Pastor Sean, I'd like you to pray over them. Father, I thank you for this couple, this man and woman of God who belong to you, who you've set apart, Lord, and blessed and called to this ministry. And I thank you for your anointing and your favor that you've given to them, Lord God, that you've poured abundantly on them. And I thank you for what's ahead for them, Lord God. You have gifted them richly, Lord God. Bless them abundantly, Lord God. And you've equipped them to share these blessings with others. And you've given them opportunities ahead to share these, to invest. And the seeds that they plant in the lives of others, Lord God, that you would just bless it. And that the fruit, Lord God, the harvest from this would be plentiful. Plentiful, Lord God, for you have blessed this couple, Lord. And we are so grateful that they're a part of our lives and and for what they've given to this body and to this house, what they've given to me personally, Lord God. Holy Spirit, just have your way in them. Have your way in and through them, Lord. We thank you for the blessing, the blessings that you filled their lives with, Lord, and we'll work through them. And as a house, Lord God, we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed are the people of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And if you just go back to your seats very quickly, um, Is there anybody here that would like more wisdom? Alicia and Brendan. We have this book. I don't know if you have the Passion Translation. This is Proverbs. It's an extra one. God bless you. Amen. Have an amazing week. We will see you next Sunday. And we have the kids camp this Friday night here in the church.